Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are going to be discussing a mini series, The Witcher Blood Origin, which premiered on Netflix on December 25th of this year, 2022. It is a series I thought would be something to tithe over the holidays, and it's only four episodes, so why not? While I have not watched the second season of The Witcher because I simply have no interest, I thought a prequel would would possibly get me interested since there's four seasons planned. But we shall see. The verdict is very much out. Since this is the first time we are jumping into this series, we are going to take a peek behind the curtains. I just want to ask peers, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. I'm about to drop knowledge. This series is created by Declan Dabara and Lauren Smith Hisserich, based on The Witcher by Andre. I think I'm going to say his name wrong. Idreza Andreza Spakowski. This is close as I'm going to get. Composer Bear McCreary as stated previously, it is four episodes. There is a long list of executive producers besides the three that we have already discussed. Sean Daniel, Jason Brown, Tomas Benjinski, Jarslow Sako, and Matt Toole. We do have a cast list to discuss. Apparently, Jody Turner-Smith was going to be in the series as the lead role, played by now Sophia Brown as Ellie. Did I get that correct? Or Lark, but had to exit due to scheduling conflicts, and she was cast in her steed. We have Lawrence... O'Farin as Fajal, which is not a name I'm going to easily say at all. Mirren Mack as Merwin. Lenny Henry as Baylor. Jacob Collins Levy as Aridan. Joey Batty as Jessica. Zach Wyatt as Sindru. Lizzie Annis as Zach care i don't think we've met that character mini driver as cn chai at least that's what how i think you pronounce that with michelle yo as cn and dylan moran as youthruck one note or one nut what okay haven't met him too there is a supporting roster if you want to check that out on imdb how have it fared in the critic world on Rotten Tomatoes based on 23 critic reviews? The show has an approval rating of 33%. Yes, that feels very inspiring going in. The website critics consensus reads a shallow excavation of ancient lore from Andreze. Sapowski's fantasy series Blood Origin shares ancestral DNA with The Witcher, 
but little of what makes the Mothership series memorable. On Metacritic, which uses a weighted average, the series has received a 47 out of 100 based on 12 critic reviews, indicating mixed to average. That's about, I mean, if you really think that the, sh- the Mothership show is superior, then this can either impress or disappoint even further, because I don't think that the Mother series is all that special. <laughs> So I may be one of those that might actually enjoy the journey that we are taking on. Although I do certainly have critics and critiques in this first episode. So I think we have given credit where credit is due. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Ballads, Brawlers, and Bloodied Blades was written by Declan Dabara and directed by Sarah O'Gorman and Vicki Jusen. I give this episode a generous 8 out of 10. I certainly could have shaved quite a few more points off, but I think as a setup, it did certainly at least make the leads impressionable. Although everything else around it feels rather shaky. We start the episode in the middle of a warfare. And I cannot tell you how many times I flipped my phone. Because I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Am I, am I got it on the wrong? And it was upside down. I don't think that's a great idea. (laughs) Not if you're not in the world in which people do watch shit on their phones. I know. You're like, we didn't make the world for you. Well, a lot of us are in that camp, motherfucker. I got my 4K, though. Coming. (laughs) Coming. (laughs) But he is almost killed by a soldier. I don't know what's going on. And that's when Sin Chai introduces themselves, except it's someone that looks like Jessica. I'm not a Jessica Stan fan. Thank you, man. I, I don't know. I'm not attracted to people who sing. <laughs> what? That's not, that's not accurate. <laughs> Because clearly I've had crushes on musicians. Okay, I'm not attracted to men who sing bards. (laughs) But I I never got endeared to the character as much as others have. And that is a trend that Netflix is marketing very well. These throwaway, very atypical written characters that everyone seems to hop into. But that is neither here nor there. Mini Driver reveals herself i didn't know why she needed to disguise herself as him other than to have a scene in which jessica can look pompous but then she says i need to tell you a story because i'm a collector of stories and you tell stories through your bards and you're not just a simple human what did she call him the the something that's all i got because i really Really wasn't paying too much attention other than why are we on The Witcher? (laughs) I thought this was going to be a little bit 
a little bit distance just a bit. But then it made sense when she started saying I needed to tell you the story so that you can write it down and revive it. The Legend of the Seven, a war that led to the conjunction of the spears and the creation of the first Witcher. Senchai mentions the main characters, but that they are to be led by the Lark, who is also known as Ellie. She is a member of the Raven Clan, except she has hung up her responsibility of protecting the king of Prisha. I think that's what it how it was pronounced. Instead to follow her passion, which is to be a bard as well. I will say not as annoyed, not as annoyed. I'm still not going to see the little mermaid. But the the two minutes that they put me through singing, I was not bothered. I actually thought she had a really good voice. She stops and gives some coins to an old soldier who thanks her with a flower. And that music hasn't been heard around here in a long time, which means that her services are needed. Everyone is enjoying having a good time it must have sucked back then because this was like all you had and someone had to be good at it but we do take for granted the the benefits of art that's for certain of course everyone's having a good time and there's always that piece of shit that has to spoil everything by attacking the innkeeper's daughter even though she looked like she was 12 years old, this grown ass man think it's okay to put her on his lap. She defends the girl, beats up the other guy and like, I'm sorry guys, uh, I hate being interrupted. The girl's name is uh, Etheline. I think that's how you say her name. And as soon as she saw the saw that she beat those dudes ass, she knew who she wanted to be when she grew up. Her father's like, or her mother, is like she's sickly. You don't want that one. <laughs> It'd be one thing if she offered herself or anyone else. <laughs> you thought if you told him that. That was going to matter to him? Absolutely not. It's like, I have no problem taking you lifeless and (laughs) never mind your visions. So they hang out (laughs) in their new friendship. She asks about her being part of the Raven clan, about how she saw a loot or whatever the fuck that is and she knew that that was something she had to follow she is the daughter of a very famous uh, clan member apparently she was like that's my mom no way jackie i'm jealous of you however she is arrested because as she says how Bitchy is it that the men that started shit and then got their ass kicked will run to the law as if they're the victims. 
punk ass bitch motherfucker. So she is put in jail and we find out that for the crime of kicking ass, apparently you will have your head chopped off. That's that's a little intense. <laughs> I can understand maybe maybe some time of a couple of hours just to make people happy if that's the case since you know you are passing through. But certainly not worth a beheading. Then we catch up with, well, briefly, there's a moment of Cian's story. She's part of the ghost tribe, ghost clan. We know that they were wiped out by the, by the, don't tell me, the dog clan. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? I just want to know why. Because I can only think of <laughs> a whole bunch of of uh, analogies, and they're not flattering, not even a little bit. But then we get over to that storyline, and this is the storyline that I felt went far quicker and with less emphasis, or even an attempt of complexity to it. We start off in Zentria, where the king, King, don't tell me, Alvik, I think that's his name. He likes to go out in the streets. He likes to take care of his people by being a man on the ground, despite the assassins that are after him, despite the war going on with the other two kingdoms, but primarily with uh, Precia. And thus, that is our first introduction to Fajal, a.k.a. Fuckboy. So he and the princess, well, first he gives her a knife and he takes care of business. And so does the king. I was very impressed by that because usually you see kings they are hiding in their castles. They're never getting their hands dirty. This dude out here, Merkin folks. I had to have a little bit of respect for that. Even if he is the atypical man of the time, more than willing to sell out or sell off their kin, if it means accomplishing their goals, and they should know that that's the sacrifice that they are meant to make. Because that is the way in the world of which these times <laughs> functioned. But that is getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, she ends up killing someone, but we don't see it. She's all shaken up about it. Marilyn back in her castle. Uh, I guess Fuckboy is her guard. And she's like, look, I almost died today and I couldn't help thinking about you and our love. But is it really love? Because it feels like it's a whole lot of lust and there's nothing wrong with that either, girl. Do you? And she says, I almost died. I want to I want to live. I want to live with your dick inside of me. <laughs> Unfortunately, when his fellow clan see that there is no guard on the door, they think something is wrong and they bust in and unfortunately his father catches him 
with his uh, manhood where it's not supposed to be. And instead of having his head chopped off and put on the pikes of the city, he's only stripped of his clanship where his name will be forgotten and his father disown him. That's the worst part of it is I was busted by my daddy. My daddy. Then he just walked out the room. I am disgusted. He takes him to the border, takes his axe, and him just being like, let's be done with it. Sir, you got off easy. I don't know why you are pretending <laughs> as if you should have any type of chip on your shoulder. But apparently they got bad blood because he's like, you wanted my brother that died to come back instead of me. And he's like, I wanted both of y'all at my side. But that is neither here nor there. He's like, I didn't say that. You didn't want me to come back. I didn't say that. You didn't have to. No, you failed me. Stop trying to turn (laughs) the tables back in my favor when you know damn well that what you did was beyond the creed and the code. And thus you are getting exactly what you deserve and more so. So go on and take your ass out in shame. And stop, stop trying to put that shit on me. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. Next we see him. He is asleep in the same jail as our Lark, who recognizes him from the dog clan and immediately starts becoming uh, aggressive, apparently because... He took the eye of someone that she once knew and she wants payback. He's like, look, I'm no longer a part of the clan. I uh, don't have any beef with you. Let's not fight. He is then bailed out. No, the funniest part is when she says, how could, how did you get tossed out? And he's like, uh, I fucked the princess. <laughs> she said, protect not fuck that should be ingrained should be tattooed on you uh or he said something about being it tattooed on him and she said (laughs) a dog clan wouldn't have enough cock to write the whole sentence or something to that effect but i did like the dialogue i did like the first introduction between them i'm guessing they're supposed to be like brothers in arms getting revenge back for their clan while he plays out this love story with the princess. Uh, But I like that. I like the character of Lark a lot. I think they sold that the most. I think they sold the character of Michelle Yeoh. That's because she's Michelle Yeoh. And I do think that they sold uh, Fuckboy. I even think that they're doing a decent job with selling Princess Marin and her turn because she feels as if she's going to be a bigger player, but that she needs to learn her lesson about how (laughs) replacing one patriarchy with another does not solve your problems. So in one way, I'm rooting for her, certainly against Baylor. But on the other hand, she seems to be a little bit of a zealot. 
especially when it comes to this uh, Solarith. Because we're going to pause on the jail scene and go back to to uh, Zentria, where she is very calm, cool, and casual about being caught in bed with uh, with her bodyguard. Let it up, bitch! Get fucked! She's just going on and on about Solrith. Her brother visits her. There's not an unkind word between them. And that's another very benefit. <laughs> Either they covered that shit up and no one found out, but it felt like her brother knew about it because that would certainly be a card I would play, but she didn't. That wasn't even a conversation to be had. So some of these factors, I'm not sure why they're there only for them to be there, right? I feel like that's constructed only so that fuckboy can have a reason to uh, be conflicted due to his feelings, but those feelings didn't feel as if they were anything more than lust. And I got busted because I, as his father said, couldn't keep your dick in your pants. (laughs) And the fact that he gets out of jail and goes directly to a brothel tells me that he's just a man whore. <laughs> and the princess was offering up something that a any man would be up for. She's a very beautiful woman too. And I like the aesthetic. I don't like the aesthetic of a lot of things. <laughs> like whatever those monoliths are. Don't like it. Some of the the CGI is a little wonky, a little desolate, sparse. <laughs> a lot of words come to mind. However, I thought this her her aesthetic, her outfits were amazing. <laughs> she seems as if she is a pampered princess in the tower who's trying to put down her hair and seek some independence, not through a prince but through her own uh, her own improvised destiny of being the next Solrith, which is a female figure who built the the town of Zentria on the ashes of what lay before it. And she feels as if her kingdom has lost the the luster, the ambition, the grandiose of the days past. And now they're just fighting and fighting and her brother's like yeah we should stop doing that let's maybe i don't know come to a peace tree so that our people can stop starving and that death can stop racking the lands because that would be far more beneficial than what you're offering which is basically to well you're you're basically offering up an idea of what we can be based on facts in the past and no actual uh, (laughs) concrete plans for today. So of course her brother dismisses her in any way that any brother would dismiss his sister. Like that's cute. But if you really want to know how you can help, well, I plan to marry you in an alliance to the to the the king of Presia, I will never get that word right. And it keeps escaping my mind every time I try to think of it. 
And she accepts this, but you can very much tell that she does not when her brother's face is turned away from her. And we knew immediately she was going to be up to no good. She was going to try to get out of it. What I found lacking was her absolute and utter dismissal of her her pet lover. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. I mean, for all we know, she probably thinks he died. I don't... <laughs> That would be the, the, uh, I would at least expect a question. Like what happened to him? <laughs> so that all feels very flat to me. Back to the town that they're at, as stated, uh, fuck boy gets released, bailed out by his cousin, whom bailed him out due to his father wanting him to return. Hasn't it felt like, not even two seconds that there has been this divide between them. That's where the rushed part feels because there were a lot of things that were moving so fast. They didn't have time to breathe. And so there was no emotional tie in or connection to the stakes of it all because, well, it to 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 uh, two slides ago, two seconds ago. I was just watching you and your father break up and now you want him to come back after you said he was going to be disowned. Why do you need to come back? Especially like what makes you so special? I know you're great, but it feels like there's others that are great to her. Uh, there's another scene in which, oh uh, yeah, he says he's going to the brothel and he doesn't have any money and he somehow thought that his word was good enough in place of coin you stupid then he says he has silver except he realizes that that lark when she started that fight with him because as he was leaving the jail she's like look i he's like i'm getting out of here good luck to you and then she says, oh, or he thanks her for not trying to kill him in his sleep. And she's like, oh, the time's not over yet. And then they get into a scrap. And then he's like, you know, I I don't give a fuck if you die. <laughs> Your head is in the mud tomorrow because you're the worst. And then he realizes that that was all a sham. Now, it was daytime. <laughs> And I feel as if the the time this this town is not that fucking huge. You trying to tell me it took him as long as it did to track her down? That felt a little stretch of the imagination. These things only have like two places. So she breaks out, is able to put up a a a, a, <laughs> a barrel. No one's on guard. Okay. And then she goes back to the one place in which they found her. And there is her sister, Nima, who has come to retrieve her so that she can redeem herself, even though her mother doesn't particularly want her back. Uh, Nima is missed by her sister, but her sister only wants her to think about retrieving her honor. And coming to fight with the clan once again, even though she initially declines. She said, I'll be 
Leaving in the morning if you change your mind. Then she, uh, she's approached by <laughs> Miss Ear Hustling Ethelene. And Ethelene gives her a hug before having a seizure and a vision telling her that basically you need to go follow your sister. She takes her to her mama and she says that I got to go follow my destiny. But when she wakes up, give her this flute because clearly she wants to follow in my footsteps. Then she goes to catch up with her sister and within 5.5 seconds, her sister gets three arrows to the gut. I didn't have too big an issue with the with the fight scenes. I think that was the better offer of the series thus far. So this was well done before, of course, I need to find another word. I can't just call him <laughs> fuck boy the entire time, but <laughs> it's all I got right now. He comes to the rescue and she... Wants to know what he's doing here. He's like, yeah, you stole something from me. I'm just trying to get it back. By the way, who's the warrior? It's my sister. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) They realize that their clans that the, well, one, they realize that they're soldiers from all of the armies. And a coup must be underway. That the armies are finally going to turn against the monarchies due to the arrangement of a truce which nobody seems to want another person that doesn't want this truce is balor and let me tell you something if you got a mage why would you be talking shit to your mage (laughs) i can feel his passive aggressive i'm gonna betray you attitude from all the way across the room when he says i'm just someone who's not supposed to advise You didn't think to have him watched? Maybe he wasn't such a great king. Baylor is up to something because he keeps going to go see this uh, this power and this blue light and it talks to him. And apparently they're trying to help <laughs> and they grant him this monster that he needs because... Cat comes in to get her mistress ready. She's still in her frantic, I'm going to make things just like Solrith. She uh, dresses her. They all meet to sign the peace treaty. The Dwarvens, the Prisians, and the Centrians. Uh, she's there. She's like, I love you, brother, before getting viciously sick because she she's like it's just nerves (laughs) because i know exactly what's about to go down he she killed that one uh one of his own clansmen with the knife that he gave her and as i don't know how they didn't start looking around and seeing the trappers and unfolded especially as you can clearly see both uh fuckboy's dad and ellie's mom because she says the lark is dead because my sister is dead so i'm ellie now uh that they were they could sense something was up and yet they did nothing as i mean it's not as if that anyone was talking that anyone could not hear those boards sliding down 
but they are trapped as this creature that cannot be harmed by any mortal weapon attacks and turns everyone into red mist and at least the king went out like a gangster in that he did not run like a lot of the clans people were all banging at the door like let me out but he was like no nah, let's do this <laughs> again just this respect for at least not the typical typical kings that they usually put forth in these shows and she kills the the one clansman and Eredian comes out because he clearly wasn't about this peace treaty plan either. And now they have control of the kingdom with Baylor supporting them, except it's really Baylor and Eredin. And Homegirl is a puppet, and she realizes that the minute she tries to go downstairs and greet her people, he didn't even say it. No, he just had his men <laughs> block her exit. Larkin F. <laughs> I need another name. Uh Fabio. Ooh, I could do that one. Uh Fabio. It's Fajal, I know. I know. It's just gonna take me more than one episode to get my tongue around it. Fajal and Ellie. Is it Ellie? Yes. Ellie. Uh they they set her sister on fire the cremator then they get on a ship to warn their clans but it has already happened especially when they are forced to <laughs> the storm scene was hilarious that was all you really heard was dialogue and nothing but waves. <laughs> that was one of those fails and then when they get back into town She's like, we should get people drunk and then get information. He's like, we don't have any money. She's like, you've been sucking on the clan's seat for too long as she bumps to someone and steals from them. They find out about the coup. Everyone in the kingdom knows that Princess Merwin killed her brother. <laughs> Everyone knows that uh, things are not great, but... As Baylor said, people are content as long as there's order in the chaos. If you offer them order, they won't pay attention. But it seems as if that might not be the case in the future. Because everyone, because they did say, yeah, uh, more people than we thought did not join us. And of course they wouldn't. You just murdered everyone. This wasn't even a, a coup of we're going to take you prisoner. <laughs> this was a massacre. So after learning that, they realize when two guards come in that they are wanted and being hunted by the remaining army members. That was cruel. Even though, why would you talk to some dude that you don't know about how you ain't gonna take away my identity and that bitch ain't gonna say, I mean, come on. Do you not know what treason was? So of course he took your head and beat your face into the table with it. You shouldn't have been talking shit. She stops him, Lark, from being not, yes, Lark stops 
uh, Fajal from being reckless and going back to attack. And she's like, you need to chill, chill your, slow your roll, first and foremost. And if you can't be bothered with someone talking about your girlfriend, <laughs> then we go on part ways right now. And he says, that's not it. If she did what they said she did and killed our clans, because she says, like, like, she killed our clans, but more importantly, she killed our parents. That's the under, under thing that's being said there. That's not like we ain't, we, both of us did not seek peace with our parents before they died. <laughs> so they decide to take a blood oath because they don't trust each other to seek revenge for the death of their clans. And she says, we need to seek out Cyan, which is someone who trained her, the best swordsman on the planet, and the last remaining member of the ghost tribe, whose tribe was murdered by the dog clan. And she also got a beef with Ellie since she got kicked out by her clan when she left. (laughs) So they have no choice but to get some more allies because two of them being wanted can easily be spotted and will not be able to get into Zentria. However, when they approach Sion with their offer, she isn't too keen to help. Uh, she really doesn't want to travel with someone who is a murderer. He didn't leave as soon as he uh, realized because he was like, that's before my time. <laughs> but uh He's only going to take so much disparaging of his father. That's for damn sure. Because they they crossed swords at the end. Or at least because she didn't have her sword. She's looking for a sword. And that's what what she offers. Like, do you want to get your sacred weapon back? Then you should join us. Um, Fuckboy was hurt. And she brings him something for the pain. There's a little moment between them. And he says, look, you can't travel with her because she's going to kill you or betray you the first time, first chance she gets. And she says, she's all I have left. So. Even when foot for jaw, <laughs> even when he says, look, I know a secret patches way into the city that no one else knows. She still is not tempted. However, when they get into a physical altercation and both of them work together, that is enough to convince Sion to go because she can work with that. And they're going to need a lot more allies. So off they go because we know there's seven of them. So there's three. Three is soon to be joined by four others. We saw one who had a hammer. She looked like a little badass. And I don't know who's the other one. We do know that Baylor has. What is his name? I know his name. He has a prisoner. I thought he said his name. Sindral. He's got him trapped and has been having him or he stole his knowledge on the monoliths, which are to open other worlds, which is what she explains to her. uh, Marin explains to her, her maidservant or lady's maid, 
that basically I can make things better. We can, we can really bring our culture to these other worlds. Colonizing is what it sounds like you're doing. And, uh, I won't be able to do that if I'm kept a puppet. So she fully realizes that she needs to find something to balance the scales of power for her while Baylor talking to that mysterious blue entity asks for their chaos magic so that he can become uh the emperor because they'll never accept him being lowborn and it asks well what were you willing to sacrifice and he's like anything for this power and i'm sure that's gonna lead to more shenanigans i do like the liberal use of the word fuck in this show it's uh <laughs> it's always a bomb to these ears and uh i should get this done probably next week since i am off so if you do want to send in feedback or have any thoughts or feelings certainly send those the blackler couch at gmail.com do not have any feedback this week i don't think shy or mimi said she was gonna get into it but i know she's got a lot going on too So until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.